Hello and welcome to Brits One Flicks, your monthly movie podcast where we discuss, deliberate and dissect a movie of our choosing. And this month we have picked Total Recall in our new format of choosing a movie last episode. Now Brian, what's your kind of history with uh, Paul Verhoeven's 1990 Total Recall? When I was a kid... My mum and dad used to take me over to my aunt and uncles with my brothers and it was there that I was introduced to many films that perhaps at such an age I shouldn't have been introduced to. One of them being A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 when I was about four or five years old. (laughs) And this one was, was one that I specifically remember seeing there when well whenever it came to sky tv so my brother my oldest brother he was a big arnold schwarzenegger fan still is uh always has been and yeah he loved it he soaked up every inch of it and i kind of i i I think i was glued to it throughout to be honest i think this was one i was glued to um but yeah i remember liking it but even back then, thinking that some of the stuff was a little bit out there, a little bit over the top, as is prone to be the case with uh, Paul Verhoeven movies. But, yeah, and then, and then I remember seeing it, I think, again, sometime in my teenage years, and liking it, thinking it was all right, but never really going back to it since then. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, for me... I've got a kind of long history with this one. Um, I remember back in, in my early teenage years where, this was the, the early 90s, where for some reason every Christmas my gran would get me a video. The one that I would ask her for, you know, it, was, I was, it wasn't a, like a common occurrence that nowadays where you get DVDs all the time. It was Videos were like a rare treat. Yeah. And a, a couple of years prior, she'd got me Robocop because I'd asked for that. <laughs> um, but this was at a time where nobody cared about the ratings were. Um, and it must have been around about 91, I think, when I got Total Recall as my tape because I was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. And I loved the heck out of this. I, I particularly loved a lot of the, the sort of wackier things, um, like the eyes popping out the head when mm. they had no oxygen in, in Mars. I remember that yeah. for some reason. And all through the 90s, I watched this movie constantly. And then the millennium hit, and for some reason, the millennium bug seemed to affect my memory, and I couldn't remember <laughs> Total Recall. And I, and I hadn't been back to it for a long while, so... Like I said, I was very familiar with this movie and a lot came flooding back to me re-watching it. But, um, yeah, I've I got to say this is, is one that I've seen a lot. Mm. Um, so, do you have a synopsis for us, Brian? Just so happens that I do. <laughs> Here we go. Um, okay, so... Douglas Quaid is a man holding down a job as a construction worker. He has a wife that looks like Sharon Stone, a nice house, and some good friends. But he cannot seem to shake the desire to go to Mars. As his wife isn't too keen to go there herself, Quaid decides to take a visit to Total Recall instead. A place where fake memories can be implanted directly into the brain, allowing the user to live any life they wanted. However... There is a malfunction in the procedure, and rather than giving Quaid the memories of a spy from Mars, 
it wakes him up to the reality that he actually is a spy from Mars. Or does it? Is Quaid really a spy, or are the implanted memories causing delusions of grandeur? Either way, Quaid must now head to Mars in order to find the answers, whilst he is doggedly pursued by hitman Richter, played by Michael Ironside, who may also just be a figment of Quaid's imagination. Will Quaid find the answers he is looking for? Can he trust what he remembers, and if not... Will he gain total recall of his own real memories? Fantastic. So I guess there's quite a lot to really discuss here. Is there anything you would like to jump into first? Uh, I, I, man, it's it, this. It's a weird film for me. This because I know there is actually a lot going on with regards to what it's saying about memory and who we are as people and how we're shaped by what we remember. But I kind of feel like a lot of that gets lost under the sheer deluge of action and excess that's going on throughout the film. Um, Like I say, that is a Paul Verhoeven trait. You think of Robocop, you think of uh, Starship Troopers, two films that have some really good things to say about media and the way that, that mm-hmm. media affects society. But again, that they're films in which, you know, the the excess of what's going on, the violence, um, the over-the-top nature of them kind of mm-hmm. takes hold. Uh, and, and I don't know if it... I don't know if it takes hold at the expense of those messages or not. But either way, whether it does or it doesn't, it's highly entertaining. Um, oh, absolutely. I think, like you said, like Robocop and, and Starship Troopers, but Robocop's obviously got the big special effect of, of Peter Weller being the Robocop, and then there's the, the bugs in Starship Troopers. But here, the thing that catches you off guard is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> By the time he does this movie, he is known for doing a typical kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger role. Mm. You know, it's kind of dumb action movies, and that's what you're expecting. That's what you get with him in the lead. You're not expecting an everyday type of person. He is the the, the typical muscle-bound Austrian hero. (laughs) He's been quipping one-liners, and you don't expect this kind of layered plot with a little bit of subtext in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm. So seeing him kind of takes away you looking for anything else, and then it kind of hits you with this plot and all these nuanced performances throughout it, and little bits of information getting thrown at you. Uh, It's just... Kind of catches you off guard that it did when I was watching this again. You know, expecting the typical, almost commando esque uh, Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, I mean, like, if you want to talk about the nuances in uh, in performances, I, I guess to some extent Michael Ironside is actually pretty good in that because, and again, that's down to the writing because he is a villain. Make no mistake about it, but. In many ways, I actually kind of sympathise with him because, <laughs> you know, his partner. His I don't I don't know if we if we ever find out whether she's his wife, but she's she's yeah. Some I think his his partner says that to him when they're getting in a car. Right. Yeah. So you know, I'm sure I'm sure your wife hated every minute yeah, of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you can you know right. <laughs> 
right from the get-go, you can side with this guy. And it's not like he's in on it in in mm-hmm. to the fullest extent because he doesn't know that this this guy is actually a, you know a, a farber spy and whatnot there's, there's certain information that he's not been privy to in order mm. to make him more effective at his job so as far as he's concerned yeah his his wife has been tasked with being some other guy's husband so who wouldn't who wouldn't mm. feel the way that Richter feels you know so mm. Yeah, he's a bad guy, he does some nasty stuff, but with regards to his hatred for Schwarzenegger's character, you can totally understand it. It's not unwarranted, I don't think. We've we've mentioned before in one of our previous podcasts that was for the Frighteners, how the special effects just hadn't held up. Mm, You know, they looked very CGI, they looked very dated. Yeah. The this special movie effects is 27 in, years oh, old. Oh, yes. Special effects in this look so much better than The Frighteners, which came well over 10 years later. Was yeah, it? and it's, it's, it's excellent. It's a mix of practical. I'm sure there is some CG in it. There is some CG that looks not great, specifically yeah. with these green screen backgrounds of Mars and things like that. But when it shows you uh, the sort of station on Mars, it looks excellent. When you see the, the, the sort of eyes popping out of the heads, it is a practical effect. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the head that the head that comes off him, he's got that oh. the woman's head thing, and it, yeah, yeah, just I mean, it's, 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 I, I think I said uh, Frighteners came ten years after it wasn't, was it? I think Frighteners was ninety six, if I'm not mistaken, around that time. So, but either way, either way, the advancement in special effects. You know, we'd, we'd had T two Independence mm-hmm. Day before Frighteners, so yeah, there wasn't really any excuse. So here, coming back. I actually thought that the special effects here would seriously date because, like I said, I've not seen it for years, well over a decade, um, and I do remember the the thing with the eyes popping out of the head. That that's an image that was burned into my to my brain as a, as a child. But yeah, you go back and you watch something you're like actually. I think these special effects may look even better now than they did back yeah. then um, because. Back then, I, I looked at them and I thought, well, well, that's just nonsense. Because I didn't, I didn't believe... It's not the special effects that, that made me lack belief. It was more the, the event itself, the mm-hmm. ridiculousness of the situation. Um, but now that I'm older and I'm able to have that kind of suspension of disbelief, a lot more, you know. I, I recognise this as a science film. It's also an action film. It's also an Arnie film. So there's a certain mm-hmm. kind of element I want from that, um, which maybe I don't, I wouldn't want from something like Blade Runner. You know, this this, this is different. I come mm-hmm. to this first other other element. So now my suspension of disbelief allows me to accept the situations that are going on, which in turn makes me think. Well, actually, you know what? Those special effects are really damn good, even by today's standards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, even the one where he's taking the bug out of his head. Mm. Now, I've got a question for you. I say, he puts that thing up there and he pulls out this <gasps> big big capsule that opens up to reveal a very small <laughs> item. Why was that in such a big ball? Look, realistically, how did they get that up his nose to start up? <laughs> it's in the future. Surely it could have been a lot smaller than that, Brian. Yeah, yeah, but then all you'd have had to do is put one finger on one nostril and <laughs> snort <laughs> it out the other side. <laughs> um, yeah, so so let's get into a little bit of the intricacies of the plot about is it real 
Is it fake? What do you think? Well, you're never truly given an answer, are you? Because it it ends on his mission. You know, he he completes his mission the way he was meant to do by uh, according to what the guy at Total Recall said. You know, we send you on this mission. You get to live this life of a spy. You, you know, gets the girl and seizes the day, and then you'll wake up. Well. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see him wake up, we just get to see those things happen and then we cut to black. So I think that's entirely done on purpose. So it's left completely up to you, the viewer. It's up to it, it's all down to how you want it to play out. And I, I think this is one of these clever movies, as in the fact that it's not been fully thought out. I think there is some contradictive evidence that can prove one way or another way, but they contradict each other so it doesn't prove it in one way or another way if you, if you get my drift it's, it's, you can't factually prove it's, it's all in his head or it's not um, now I watched a, a, a video a couple of videos explaining the ending of this mm-hmm. um, look at Razorwire Reviews did one ah yeah good yep. old look and, and he uh, pointed out like one of the things that kind of contradicts it and that is Melina she's mm. in his dream at the start yeah, and this this is before he's went to recall. Yeah, right. I don't think that's a contradiction. I think that is the ability, I guess, of the of the system of the total recall system to tap in to what your ideal is, because he he built th- that woman based on his dreams anyway. If you remember, they, they, they ask him, they go through the whole process, what is your ideal woman? And he yes, did... they're, they're all asking kind of body shape or, or body type issues, they don't, and yet it somehow comes up with her hair, face, identity. Yeah, but I, I, I just think the, the, uh, that's just down to them not particularly doing a, a great job of that sequence. But I think either way, it taps in to his own feelings, his own thoughts, his desires, what he wants uh, more than anything. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a contradiction. I think you can, you can read it that way if you want to, but I also think you can justify it if you want to. Because um, mm. uh, then we have, when he's in the chair at Recall, it pretty much sets out the full plot for you, mm. you know, and it even has the point where it shows you images that we're going to see later on in the movie. Yeah. And, and, and just at the end of the movie, uh, Melina says... To Quade, um, he says, "I don't know if this is real or not," and she's like, "Well, kiss me quick before you wake up." Yeah. And then that the kiss in the movie just ends, <laughs> and you're just left with that cliffhanger. Yeah. And Th- all the way through the movie, it kind of plays with you: is this real? Is this not real? And, and I really like that aspect of of what's going on, especially when the doctor comes in to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, th- the thing is, if he wakes up. So it was all a dream. Mm. In many ways, that's kind of depressing because you could see that he wasn't particularly satisfied with his life. So it means he has to then go back to that life, despite the fact that his wife looks like Sharon Stone. Um, and, you know, there was clearly some dissatisfaction going on there. Whereas if it wasn't a dream, then, well, you know, Quid's in. He's a happy man. He's he's a hero. He's yeah. He's everything he, he ever wanted to be. So I guess saying that it's not a dream, saying that it's not him being stuck in total recall, is a happier ending. 
if you want to read it okay. that way. Or, or, you, or you could read it that now that he's had this adventure, now that he has these memories and feels like this guy, he can then go back to his wife and live a more, I don't know, fulfilling kind of existence with her. But I don't know. Uh, to me, to me, it'd, it'd be the more depressing ending if he if he was to wake okay. up and it was all fake. So you have to choose, Brian. What you, are you picking? Is it all a? Is it all a, a, His holiday, his dream, or is this reality? Go and make a choice. I, if, if I'm going to make a choice, just for my own, you know, what, what I want, what I desire, I'm going to say it was real. Is it, I, I'm going to say it was all recall. Right. It was all in his head. Yeah. See, um, see but my, the, the the realist in me kind of says it's it's recall, <laughs> but the the uh, fantasist in me, the, the 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 more hopeful element, says it was real. So. Now, do, do you not feel as if we missed a beat by not getting like a proper kick-ass action movie starring Sharon Stone? Because uh, her fight scene with Melina is absolutely brilliant. She's both doing the kind of kung fu fighting. Um, I thought it, they looked excellent. She looked excellent doing that kind of thing. It's not something I've really seen her do in any of her other movies. Yeah, like you mean you'd like you'd like to have seen a full-on action film with. Yes, like kind of atomic blonde, but with yeah. Sharon Stone. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd have paid to see it definitely. <laughs> um, I, I, I will, I will say this. Um, <laughs> when I watched the remake of Total Recall, which so you, so you're pulling that face, but I like it. I do. I, I actually nobody's think, perfect. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> I, I now. I don't know, having watched the original, obviously, just recently for this, I'm not so sure I would go so far as to say I prefer the remake over the original. But because when I saw the remake, it had been so long since I'd seen the original, when I saw the remake, I actually thought, you know what, I actually prefer that to the original. So for me, I I don't have the, the, the huge hang-ups that a lot of people have about the remake. But one thing I will say that it does do better, as, as, as much as, yeah, this, this, this fight scene with Sharon Stone is a really good kick-ass fight scene, I do think that Kate Beckinsale and um, the, the other... Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. Yeah, I think they definitely go at it a bit more fiercely. I think their fight scene, the way it's shot, the way it's choreographed, is a lot more, I don't know, got a lot more oomph to it. But again, that's not to take anything away from what we get here, um, which, like I say, as you say, is really kick-ass. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I didn't remember about the movie was how violent it can be as well. <laughs> you know, and it is exceedingly mm. violent. People get... Shot. Bystanders yeah. get shot. Yeah. You know, it's not one of these movies where it's just it's only the people that are shooting that tend to get hit. You know, um, I'm thinking of that scene where they first grab Quaid yeah. after he's been to recall his friends and they take him to a secluded alleyway and people get their head blown off and the the, the blood's all over the walls. It's a really nice shot. Mm. He stabs just, someone in the in the head with a spike as well at some point. <laughs> That's when he's in the chair at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, getting... he rips his arm off and it's, he just rams that thing into the guy's head and then he pulls it I, I out took and that you see a... it all spurting out it, of his nose. It, it's a kind of um, homage almost to Robocop. Yeah, yeah. Seen the Robocop yeah. And, and obviously um, Verhoeven's other film, Basic Instinct, in which he, you know, she stabs 
guys with an ice pick. So he's he's very fond of of sticking long sharp <laughs> objects into people's bodies. Uh, it certainly is, but it, there's there's further violence throughout it as well. Benny gets drilled. Um, the, the, the Richter gets his arms cut off. <laughs> what, what I what I love as well is that Arnie cannot seem to kill a single person in this film without a one liner delivery afterwards. Mm-hmm. This film is chock full of one liners. Like it's 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 almost Batman and Robin level if it wasn't for the fact that it's in a decent film. Um, yeah, yeah, some of them don't make sense. It's like um, <laughs> Richter gets his arms cut off and he's like, see you at the party, Richter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they, they needed to uh, do a bit like, more yeah, work on that to, one, I think. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you need a hand or, or anything? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. But, um, let yeah, me, but let me give of, you a hand, Richter. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of... Um, they're playing into the sort of Arnold stereotype at that point. I think they yeah. probably rewrote it and added a few of them in just for him. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody says F you like Arnie as well. It's just <laughs> <laughs> the way he screams it at that guy before he uh, sticks that drill through the tank. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's so, just so, what about the, so what about Mars itself? I mean, it's, it's really red. Which is something that annoys. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no mistaking this is the red planet. This is definitely the Absolutely red planet. Absolutely not. Um, um, and, and we get some of like the city, nice sets. We get the sleazy town. Um, mm. I can't remember what it's called just now, yeah. but that set's pretty good. You know, you make me wish you had three hands. Um, yeah. We've got all the mutants. They all look pretty, pretty good makeup-wise, prosthetics and things like that. They yeah. all look pretty gnarly. And, a, and an appearance from our recent X Files alumni, the uh, the general from the Fallen episode, uh, Fallen Angel episode, the uh, the guy from the A Team as well, someone who yeah. I, who I've never really rated as an actor. Uh, he he's serviceable in this film as well. You know, he's he's not fantastic. He, but... I think he gets outacted by his belly. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. Um, but I think the mutants look. Look terrific, like the special effects. Again, mm. it's, it's something that would be probably done with CGI these days, but it, it really shows you that that little bit of effort really yeah. comes across years later. I, I will so, say that that is one thing I prefer about the remake. Actually, is the the, the whole keeping it grounded in Earth. I mean, it, it's still out and out sci-fi. You know, and they have all this stuff in which this. This thing t- goes straight through the se- through the earth, through the center, from one side to the other. Um, but I, I kind of liked that. I liked remaining on Earth. I liked that they kept it there. I think having them go to Mars in this one, I, I, I don't know. It just it takes me away from what some of the element of what it is to make us human is that you know we're earthbound so to speak um i don't know oh, no, i i like the fact that he goes to mars i like the fact that he's there and, and single-handedly terraforms the planet <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that really stretches credibility it must must be said um yeah but i mean the guy says when he's in the chair you know like oh blue skies in mars that's a strange one <laughs> or that's a first <laughs> but it's yeah. just it's, it's this idea i mean i don't know how this machine works exactly but they've it basically drills into the rock i think and opens no, up it's, these... it says 
It says that the core of Mars is ice. Oh, yes, yes, that's it. So it puts moisture into the atmosphere, thereby... Yeah, it does it really quick, is all I'll say. Yes, they're suffocating, actually. (laughs) It does it that quickly. Yes, it's almost like just because this mist, this vapour mist comes over their faces, boom, they're safe, they're breathing oxygen, but... I kind of feel like at that point they'd be be breathing in vapour as well and maybe drown, but I don't know. Yes. So a movie that's is two hours in length, the pace of this thing is excellent. I think it just breezes by. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even give you a chance to breathe. If it's not um, blowing you away with awesome action, it's kind of making you question what's happening with this really weird plot that's... Is it or is it not really happening? Who's mm. bad? Who's good? You know, yeah. It just really just keeps you moving along terrifically well. The good, the good thing is about it, and I, I wouldn't... Well, I guess I can't really think of many films as, a, as an example that would, that would go with this, to be honest, but one of the good things about it is that element that actually, you know what, if you want to just come to this and switch your brain off, you can do that. Because it's it's wall to wall action. It does it, from start to finish. There's always something going on, something blowing up, someone getting hit, someone getting shot, or whatever. But it, if you want to think about it, if you do want to, have, you know, have that conversation, it is there. It is within the building blocks of this film. So, I think that's what makes it such a special film is that it works on both of those levels. Uh, one of the things that I really liked about the movie when it was set on Earth was all the buildings that it showed you. Um, they were all kind of like very rectangular, square buildings, mm. very much stone-faced. It was it's just interestingly shot. Everything seemed rectangular or square. Um, I, I just I hadn't really noticed it in the movie before, but I found it that really kind of curious. I don't know why it caught my attention this time, but it was something that I really liked. I feel like it's a kind of like a George Orwell type of thing mm-hmm. going on, you know, the, the whole Big Brother society and uh, everything becoming formulaic, everything becoming like a machine. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I look at things like this and I, I always think that, wow, didn't people have a depressing idea of what the future was going to be back then? Um mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, you look at the, you look at the design of everything these days. Everything's about curves. Everything's mm-hmm. about you know circles and getting getting away from straight lines. But um, yeah, the, I, I'll say this: I I didn't like the design of the cars, and I hated hated those flipping taxi drivers. Man, they they freak me out. <laughs> I don't like ventriloquist dummies, and those things right. looked very much like ventriloquist dummies. And that, yeah, that taxi driver that he has this conversation with, it's just freaky, really freaky. What do you think of of Schwarzenegger's performance in the movie? Well, he's he's done much worse. I'll say that. Um, it's you know he's. He ain't going to win any Oscars, and I think most recently he's actually been putting in some of his best performances. You know he's getting away from being able to do the big action stuff these days. So he's kind of got no choice but to try and act. And for, for the most part, he's, he's actually done not a bad stab at it. But, yeah, the, these roles, he could get by a lot more on what he could do in the action stakes. That being said, I do think this is one of, one of his better performances. When you, when you look at those 80s and early 90s movies that he made, you know, I think performance-wise... 
Predator Kindergarten Cop, uh, which may be a bizarre <laughs> choice, Terminator 2 and this one, I think, are the ones that stand out to me as, as the ones where I think, yeah, actually, you know what? He put in a decent enough performance there. No, I think he does really well here, especially... I think it, maybe just the way he always looks surprised, but, you know, <laughs> uh, surprised at what's going on, surprised that he can fight, surprised that his wife's trying to kill him, just surprised that some guy's belly's turned into, like, a, a mutant. Yeah, um, it's it's it's, yeah, it's, it's surprised that a man of his size can fight. It's it's That, that stretches credibility as well, to be honest, but hey-ho. That's, that's also one of the other reasons that I, I prefer to believe that he really was... A, a super spy just because mm-hmm. because of that physique really yeah um, wouldn't a super spy just be average I, I guess they would actually you know um, well well, <laughs> I, I think a spy would be average but a super spy well <laughs> I mean have you, have you ever seen actual spies you know, they, there's a few years back they released some images of some spies who there were people who'd been killed and stuff, um, and I, I don't think they were meant to get out, but they just looked like guy next door. You know, mm-hmm. the most common looking dudes you could possibly imagine. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, special word for a Michael Ironside, who is always enriches a movie in my opinion. <laughs> I think he's terrific. I really do like him. And he, he does chew the scenery here. As Richter, the man that... It's like, almost like a Rottweiler on a leash. Yeah. Um, and and you, you get... Even, even though he's the bad guys, he's the, the, the sort of antagonist or one of the main antagonists, you get a feeling that it's a little bit personal for him because of his wife. <laughs> Just um, a you, little you bit. Get that. A smidge. Just a little bit. Just a uh-huh. smidge. Um, and I think it would have been lost if somebody else had been doing the performance, but in, in Ironside's hands, you get that, that feeling. And I do like that the sort of camaraderie between his, his colleague that he has as well. You know, um, like, like when he says that line, you're mm. like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure your wife hated every minute yeah. of it. And, and, and I, I thought, when I saw that scene, I thought, yeah, Richter at some point is going to kill him. Just yeah. just because he, he he had the balls to say that and rub him the wrong way. I thought I thought he'd do like Jack Nicholson's Joker with Bob the Goon and just take him out at mm. some point. Yeah, but it never happened. Nope. It's, so 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 you, which is good because you then buy into the the more realistic element of these two guys working together, having a relationship together, and being able to to jibe each other. So. Mm-hmm. And actually, it shows you the dynamic later on when the guy actually talks sense into him when he's about to shoot uh, Melina and Quaid right yeah. in front of the glass. You yeah. know, and he, he listens to him when he says, You're going to blow the dome. Yeah. Don't be a fool. So, you know, these are the kind of things that you just don't really seem to get in many action movies. The bad guy's just uh, atypical, cardboard cut out, one dimensional bad guy yeah. who kills everything. That's just a little bit more of a tweak in it. Dumb, dumb. Basically, they're they're often quite dumb, and yeah. certain elements that you might say, uh, "Oh well, Richter's being dumb," actually are explained away by the fact that yeah, he's not in on everything, so he, he's yeah. going off certain information, which half the time is why he's behaving the way he is. So, mm-hmm. even the bad guy, Cole Hagen, like he he. Um, 
doesn't want to start the machine because he's, he doesn't know what it's going to do. Hmm. You know, he doesn't know that it's going to, like, terraform the planet. He's just kind of terrified that it's going to destroy his wealth, his mining material yeah. that he can get. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, <laughs> yeah. he, he was playing the same guy that he was playing in RoboCop. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've watched any of the special features on the... Uh, well, no. I, well, I, I watched the, the behind-the-scenes thing on the DVD, and uh, there was a moment when they were talking about his character in this and how in RoboCop he played this character, and in here he's playing someone completely different. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's the same character. He's the douchebag corporate slime ball in a suit who mm-hmm. cares more about power and money than he does about people's actual welfare. Um, he's, he's even got his own clown's body car in this one <laughs> as well with Richter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, same character. If, if you've seen this guy in RoboCop, you know what, what to expect here with Total Recall. So. And it's, it's really nice to know in the future they're going to have payphones as well. <clears throat> um, something to look forward to. <laughs> I've got to ask you, like... The job they've got, they're like using jackhammers to break up rocks, right? Yeah. So they can travel to the, to the Mars, Jupiter. They've got robots driving taxis. Everything's like video phones and that. Why do they need guys just to break up <laughs> these rocks? <laughs> it seems like such a a job that would have been neglected or put out to pasture for some mm. kind of machine at that time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of these weird observant things I had. Anything else? Oh, well, well, I do want to mention the score. Right from the off when the titles come up on the screen, and, and I have a conversation with my friend quite often about this, I feel the lack of a good melody or a, a driving score. It's kind of lost these days. I, I think back to Robocop, Jaws, these kind of things, the big movies, that, that mm. Superman, things like that, the ones that yeah. you just you see it and people know exactly what that is. Th- this is almost virgin in that kind of say, anthemic score. Went through mm. it. I think it's, I thought it was terrific as soon as it started. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you can blame Marvel for the recent spate of uh, <laughs> for scores in in the vein of not really doing a right lot because their mm. scores don't tend to be particularly memorable. But um, yeah, I, I I liked the score in this. I can't say it particularly stood out to me. I didn't walk away from it humming any lines from it. Um, but I think that's just because I was paying so much attention to everything else that was going on, to be honest. Uh, but uh, from a from a visual I'm... standpoint, from an action standpoint, from a thinking man's action film standpoint, I think this this film does tick a, tick a lot of boxes. I must say, it's not it's not quite Inception level, but no. it's de- it's definitely one of the uh, the better ones to come out of kind of eighties, early nineties action style movies. And it, it very much is Verhoeven as well. You know, you, you've seen mm. this kind of work before yeah. in, in Robocop and things like that, and he, he brings yeah. it here as well. He's got the uber-violence, it's got the, the commentary on social aspects of the movie as well. Mm. Um, it, it's not a, a not a movie, a typical Arnie movie that's, that's devoid of these kind of things. He brings it into it, as well as increasing the violence mm. in the movies, which is part of the things that he normally does uh, in his other flicks. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed this a lot more than my memories kind of gave it credit for. Um, is yeah. is what I'll say, uh, and it's it's gone into 
you know, if, if you've got the cream of the crop of Arnie action movies, then this is definitely in there. Hmm. Yeah, there's nothing to talk about. There isn't really because <laughs> that, that's it. It's it's just, and I, I kind of I, I kind of had a feeling this would be the case um, after watching it because, like I say, it goes back to that thing of having this movie in which you can you can almost kind of switch your brain off. The stuff you want to read into it is there if you, if you want to, but I think when I was watching watching it, I, I, I kind of didn't want to. I wasn't bothered because I was enjoying the ride so much. It's like I I, I didn't really care about the social commentary. I'm I'm, I'm happy mm. it's there. I'm glad it's there. You know, there's there's stuff in there about class. You know, upper class and and lower class citizens, um, and the way that those with money can treat those without like scum and again you know what what does it, what is it that makes you you if you change a person's memories does that change the person does that wipe away who they were um but yeah i i didn't really care all about all that stuff when i was watching it because i was too busy enjoying the action beats um mm. and these special effects so yeah. but i think that's that's down to the director as well He's driving home his point while entertaining you at the exact same time. Mm, yeah, definitely. You know, it's, it's a lost talent that not a lot of people can really do. Yeah. Um, but Verhoeven does it exceptionally well here. Yeah. Um, so shall we just go into wrap-ups then? Yeah, definitely. Who wants I to mean, go first? I, well, I'll go first simply because I, I think I just did wrap it up, to be honest with what I just said. Um, yeah, really good action film. Uh, one of the best Arnie films from that period uh i'm gonna give it a four out of five uh, really solid stuff very good film uh one that i don't think i'll wait so long next time before i revisit it um so yeah and i i i'm i'm curious to see the remake again now actually just to see how my opinions of that hold up after seeing the original so so soon uh but yeah four out of five yeah. Yeah, I agree with you in the fact that I'm not going to wait as long. Um, it is one that had kind of slipped down the ranks in my memory banks over the years, but it was one that I, you know, now I think about it, I obviously watched it a lot for a reason, um, and, I, and I think it's really held up surprisingly well. A lot of the special effects were just as good today as they probably, in fact, like you said, even better today than they were back in the day. You know, they've lasted so tremendously well, probably because it's... Um, camera trickery and the way that they just they're real so they look better mm. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger gives a really good performance and it's one of his better movies of that time as well but I think that's down to being paired up with a director like Verhoeven who definitely has his stamp on it and yeah. so does Schwarzenegger but they're, both ideals merge perfectly in this story I really enjoyed the score in fact I really enjoyed the, the film movie I, I wanted to take notes for this but very quickly I found myself captivated what was happening on the screen and the pen dropped from my hand and I just didn't care. I just wanted to focus on the entertainment that was in front of me. <laughs> I don't think it's perfect. Um, there's a couple of little niggles I have. I do like the fact that it doesn't give you an answer at the end of it of this is just all a, an implanted memory or this did actually happen. I like the fact that it leaves it open and that's probably where it keeps it fresh for discussion. Um, I gave it four and a half out of five. I really liked that. I'm glad we, it was chosen and we got to watch it again anyway. Yeah. 
Um, so the top five for this episode was top five Paul Verhoeven movies. And I've got a funny feeling that we're going to have a lot of overlapping choices <laughs> in this one. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, this was fairly easy for me to put together because in total I've seen five Paul Verhoeven movies. Uh, so it was a case of literally just organising all of his films that I've seen into some kind of order. Um, so do you, want, do you want me to go first? Sure, why not? Dive straight in. Okay, and number five, uh, and this is no slant on the film, Hollow Man, uh, which is actually a really good and enjoyable kind of schlocky action, sci-fi type of film. Uh, it's Kevin Bacon, who I always like. Uh, my wife isn't a big fan. <laughs> when there when there was annoying Kevin Bacon ads come on on TV uh, for the, the the mobile the three G things, uh, she, yeah, I, I can feel her shoulders getting tight, and I'm just sit, sitting there thinking it's Kevin Bacon. The dude's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Hollow Man it, it's entertaining. I think this is probably one where the special effects maybe haven't dated particularly well, um, precisely because. Verhoeven moved into CGI, whereas, you know, you look at the film we've just talked about, it, it's all practical, so it holds up. Practical effects are always going to be better. They're always going to last longer. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just an entertaining film. Again, it's something Verhoeven does well. Um, if, 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 you want, if you want to think about things in it, you can do, but if you don't want to, sit back, enjoy the, the, the schlocky nature of it, and, and that's kind of what I did when I saw Hollow Man. But it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't know if it would hold up as well, but my memory of it is certainly that it was entertaining. Mm -hmm. um, when it came to my, my fifth choice, there was one movie that I was going to put on it, but when I tried to remember things about it, I realised it had been that long since I'd seen it. I couldn't justifiably put it on my list, and that was Flesh and Blood, uh, which is a movie starring Rutger Hauer, which is really good. But so, but again, it was kind of fuzzy, so I wasn't comfortable. So it turns out that my number five is Hollow Man as well. <laughs> now, much of the reasons you said, uh, it's got a slowly turning invisible gorilla, which is always good. Uh, Kevin Bacon is just eating up the screen. And even, this is one that your wife way likes because he disappears very early on. <laughs> Um, it, it does become very genre specific and I think it's not as good as Verhoeven's other movies because it doesn't have his sense of kind of wicked humour in there mm. or as much social commentary as the other ones do or is it yeah. in your face overtly uh, in your face as, as say Robocop or Starship Troopers or mm. things like that but it is still entertaining uh, it's by no <clears> means his <throat> best but it's a good movie yeah my number four, and this was, <laughs> I specifically remember, my tutor at university. When I did my t TV production degree, uh, one of the modules that I did was, well, there was a couple of modules I did. I did British cinema and I did American cinema, and he taught both. And his favourite film of all time was my number four choice, and that is Basic Instinct. Um, <laughs> I, 
I, I don't know that anybody who has this film as their favourite film of all time should be te- teaching uh, film lectures at university, but there you go. Um, yeah. That being said, you know, it, it is a very good kind of Alfred Hitchcock rip-off. It, 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 it takes Hitchcock and Brian De Palma, who, again, himself is a bit of a... Uh, Hitchcock enthusiast um, and and just yeah he 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 just does that he takes what what they, those two do and he does that um, it's very sex heavy um, which is a reason I've not revisited it in some time but as a, as a young man shall we say it was it, it was an interesting film. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, now it, it, the, the the appeal isn't there. But you know, you take away the sex, like the graphic sex scenes in it, and it does actually still have some things to say. You know, about about um, male and female dynamics, about power roles within sex, how sex is used to gain power, and this, that, and the other. Um, so it it, it isn't. It isn't a film that lives and dies by its sex scenes. It does have more going for it. Again, you know, this is something Paul Verhoeven does very well. He he, he makes films that are very in-your-face, very over-the-top. People can come to it for, for that particular element. Um, you know, that's how he draws the crowd in. But he also ha- he, do- he does have something going on underneath. Um... So, yeah, Basic Instinct is no different in that regard. Um, so that's my number four choice. OK, I had to think very hard about where I was going to place this movie on the list because the uh, number four is L. It's a movie that I, I saw earlier on this year and it stars Isabel Huppert. Mm. And it's one of the strangest things that I've seen in the longest while because it's a hard movie to pigeonhole. Um, and it's a movie with a subject matter that you may think you're not interested with when you hear the initial plot, so it's kind of like a, a rape-revenge movie. It's like a family dysfunctional movie. It's a comedy-drama movie. It's all these kind of strange things put together, and it's a movie that is consistently shocking and surprising in different ways. But not shocking as in in-your-face, like, gratuitous in various manners. It's It's... The main character's opening scene, she's raped, and, and what's shocking is, is is her reaction. It's almost as if nothing's happened. You know that the rapist escapes. She gets up, starts tidying the house, and just goes about as if it's just a regular day. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of shocking that way that the way the characters act, and as the the plot goes on, and her family comes into it, and she's trying to figure out who the rapist was it becomes deeply involving and you go from laughing your head off at one scene to being shocked by what's happening in the next scene. And it's a movie that I've never seen anything kind of like it before. Hugely compelling, something that I'm going to re-watch and I just thought this was absolutely fascinating. If you haven't seen it, Brian, you've got to check this out. I, I do want to see it because it got an awful lot of awards buzz when it came mm-hmm. out. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk about Puppet's performance in it, so it it is one that's on my radar. It's definitely one I will check out. Um, mm. But yeah, there you go. Okay, so my number three choice, and I really had to deliberate with 
which order to put my number two and my number three in because again my number three is one that I've not seen in quite some time so my memories of it could could actually be quite unreliable it could be mm-hmm. a, a lot better than I'm giving it credit for but my number three is Robocop um, this is this is another film in which I actually quite enjoyed the remake and didn't I didn't mind it. I didn't. I didn't see why it got all the hatred. Uh, but yeah, again, wh- whether it's better is 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 definitely open for debate. I I prob- I think it probably isn't. Um, but you, you know, you you can only judge these things on memory. You know, the last time I saw RoboCop, I was a teenager. So your tastes completely change. And now look looking at wow. things. I'm sure I would get things from that film now that I, I didn't even know were there when I when I watched it way back when. So it, it's definitely one that's on my radar to watch again. I definitely want to want to go and revisit it. But based purely on memory, and this is due primarily to the excess of it. It's, it's one of those films that I remember just being stupidly excessive. Um, I, that's that's why it kind of doesn't it doesn't quite get to my number two spot. It goes to number three, um, but again, like I say, you know, I watched Total Recall, and actually, the excess in that is one of its charms. So, um, so yeah, uh, for now, it's a number three. Um, you need to rewatch Robocop, Brian. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. I know. Um, my number three is Total Recall, um, primarily for the reasons that we discussed during tonight's episode. Yeah, um, and my number two is Total Recall, primarily for the reasons that we discussed in tonight's episode. Here we go. Okay, so my number two is Starship Troopers, um, a movie that is just absolutely fantastic, despite all of its seemingly faults, which are actually its bonus points almost, its bland <laughs> cast, it's almost... <laughs> Um, it's 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 blonde haired, blue eyed casting yeah. of uh, Casper Van Dien is a master <laughs> masterstroke. Denise Richards is mm. great. Yeah. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is even mm. in his um, SS uniform. <laughs> almost is terrific. The, the, the kind of uh, third Reich parable in this is is is, is tangible. It's kind of funny that the way they stole mm. a lot of the imagery from that. I think the creature's designs are terrific. And again, these special effects, even though they're CGI, they hold up terrifically well. Now, the the, the whole, um, would you like to know more, is, is so <laughs> catchy and just draws you in. And it's got the social aspects as well throughout the movie. I think it is a terrific movie. Really rewatchable. I've never seen any of the sequels, but I've got to imagine they're pretty crap. Yeah. But this itself is a tremendously watchable flick that could be written off as a a, a hot TV cast and a and a middling director whose fall from grace has has happened, and this isn't his his best choice. But I think everything here is calculated and works immensely well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for all the reasons you just mentioned uh, and more, this is my number one choice, Starship Troopers. Just the level of fun you can have with this movie. I mean, it is wall-to-wall action from start to finish. And 
again, the social commentary is all there. Um, the, the casting, like you said, is it's very purposeful. You know, you, mm. you, you're talking about a film that is it's all about propaganda. It's it's almost a commentary on what went on with the Nazis, with Nazi Germany. Um, you know, you think about the master race, blonde hair, blue eyes, like you said. Uh, so, casting Van Dien like that, you know, is it's almost mocking the idea of the master race in one sense. Um, I liked Dina Meyer in it as well. Now she she mm-hmm. she she actually went on to do a TV series called Birds of Prey, which is a terrible series. Uh, but it's 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 about um, Barbara Gordon from from Batman fame. Um, it, it's it's a series I'd have liked to have seen continue simply because. When they found out they were getting cancelled, they literally threw everything into the last two episodes. And those last two episodes are highly entertaining. And if they could have continued and kind of gone that way... But, yeah, I I really like Dina Meyer uh, from that show and from this. Uh, So it's a shame we don't really see much of her around these days. I don't don't know what she's doing, but I... Yeah, but I, but I kind of like her. Um, the special effects, you know, it's, it's all CGI, but it's, it's really good, uh, really good work. And, and I kind of get the feeling that because they hired such low-rent actors, they were able to put all of their budget into the, into the CGI. So, you know, you look at it now and you ask, why, why is it so good? You know, the CGI, you know, you, you look at a film like Hollow Man, in which the effects could date. Um, it's because, hey, you know, they, they had Kevin Bacon, they had Elizabeth Shue, they had these actors that you actually have to pay money for. Mm. Whereas this film, none of these people were A-list. So, yeah, you cast these TV guys, boom, the rest of your budget goes into special effects. And it shows, because the special effects are absolutely brilliant. And the action set pieces are absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. It's my number one choice. I've still not seen it in years. So, again, just going purely off memory, this is my number one. And let's not forget Michael Ironside. (laughs) Um, So, my number one, which should be obvious by now, is Robocop. Yeah. Uh, again, Robocop's another one that I grew up loving for different reasons. Uh, some of the special effects, especially the Ed 209, isn't great, mm. but Robocop himself is terrific. I think the movie is excessively violent, but is it, it's excessively violent for a specific reason, because this movie is all about violence and culture and uh, violence that, that people have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, and it's caricatured and exaggerated to highlight the thing that's going on there. It's also about class struggles yet again. Um, In the movie, just uh, Peter Weller is terrific as Murphy, the the cop who loses his life and becomes Robocop. It's a bona fide sci-fi classic. It's, It's a movie that's just, it's forever going to be in my top 20 of movies. Of all time, and uh, the bad guy Clarence Bodica, um, he he was the dad in that seventy show, <laughs> and 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 every time I watched that, I feared for the guy's life. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Grace. Every time he did something wrong, 
Um, I just could picture him like thrown out the back of a van with "Can you fly, Bobby?" <laughs> it's, it's got full of quotable lines. I think it's tremendous. The fact that you've not watched it in years mm. actually physically hurts me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie that you must search. You have to check it out sooner rather than later, and then we'll reevaluate your list. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> moving on. Just before we get into next month's choices, just a little bit of, bit of housekeeping, I guess. Um, if you do listen to our show quite regularly, if you like what we do, please, 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 this is, this is us begging now. It'll take you a couple of minutes. Please just go to iTunes, give us a rating and give us a review because it, it really does help. When, you know, when, when podcasts on iTunes get, get more and more ratings, more and more reviews, it helps to bump them up in the searches. So when people are looking for similar things, they might find us. So, yeah, please, you know, if, if you like what we're doing, just help us out. Go and give us a review. Go and give us a rating. And we will be greatly appreciative so yeah um anyway now that's out of the way we're gonna we're gonna let graham decide what next week's choice is going to be but we're going to do it by me giving him some clues uh i'm going to read out a, a very short synopsis for the for the f- films he's got five options he can choose one and then we'll see which film that is going to be. Okay, so number one. A young man is recruited to save the world. Number two. One man will go from rags to riches if he can just say the right thing. Number three. A band of criminals may be mankind's best hope for survival. Number four, an action film that sees our hero trapped in a building with an army of criminals out to kill him. And number five, an experienced pilot manages to land his plane during a mid-air catastrophe, but while he is being hailed as a hero by many, questions are being asked about who or what was really at fault. Okay. Um, can I can I guess some of the movies? You, you can try and guess some of them, yeah. Yeah, Sally. Nope. No. You want to uh, get that wrong ra- guess? The Raid. Uh, nope. Okay, that's it. I'm not guessing anymore. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to read any of them out again? Uh, Dig any hints, Brian? Is there anything? Nope. No hints. That that's all of them. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to get rid. I, I'll tell. I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now. There are. Well, actually, no, I, I don't want to give that clue because it might. It really. Do, it really will. Might. It might give them away. Um, so, okay. uh, let. I'll read them again. Number one, mm-hmm. a young man is recruited to save the world. Number two, one man will go from rags to riches if he can just say the right thing. Number three. A band of criminals may be mankind's best hope for survival. Number four, an action film that sees our hero trapped in a building with an army of criminals out to kill him. And number five, 
An experienced pilot manages to land his plane during a mid-air catastrophe, but while he's being hailed as a hero by many, questions are being asked about who or what was really at fault. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to pick number five, because it sounds very much like Sully and Flight and, and movies that I'm, I, don't, I don't want to revisit. I could be wrong, but I'm going to kick so, number five out. So you're kicking that one out. Okay. Well, that yeah. was indeed Flight, so... Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I, I, I read the... Um, it, it's bizarre because I was looking at the synopsis on the back of the DVD of Flight because I was thinking about it the day. It's still a film I've not seen, which is why I put it in this selection. And I was reading the synopsis and I'm like, that's the synopsis for Sully. <laughs> Literally. That, that, like, that whole synopsis right there, you stick that on the back of Sully, it would make no difference. So, yeah, there you go. So, flight is gone. Okay. So, let, let's run through this. The first one is that a, a young man is chosen to, to save humanity or something like that. A, is young that right? man, a young man is recruited to save the world. Right, I think I know what that one is. And I'm going to hang on to that for a wee second. <laughs> I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should go for one. I don't know, but I think I think I know what that one is. Um, the 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 man that goes from rags to riches. I, I'm unsure. The man, uh, the, the hero trapped in a building, sounds very much like uh, the the raid dread, that kind of thing. I think I'm going to get rid of that. You get rid of that, okay? Yes. Um, I, I did. I did have. Um, it, it is dread, um, but I also, uh, in, in case you had clues I, I likened it to district 13 just to to throw you off the scent even more <laughs> that would have thrown you but, off the scent yeah that, that would have uh, so uh, yeah so that was dread but that's gone okay so we're down to uh, rags to riches rags man to riches to save the hero. young man young, young man to save the world and a band of criminals maybe mankind's best hope for survival a band of criminals, maybe mankind. Oh, see now, I think that's very Guardians of the Galaxy type. Of, well, no, they don't save Earth. No, mankind, I suppose. I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to get rid of that one. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm going to get rid of that. Okay, I think you might be happy with that one because that was Suicide Squad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do actually want to revisit that at some point, to be fair. <laughs> okay. Right, so we are between one and two, I think it is, is that correct? Ra- yeah, Rags to Riches, which is number two, and Young Man Recruited to Save the World, number one. Okay, Rags to Riches. I think I'm going to get rid of that one. Are you going to get... So one, no one, one man will go from rags to riches if he can just say the right thing. One, one man? It doesn't say anything about any other man. Nope. One man will go from rags to riches if he can just say the right thing. See, I have absolutely no idea what that is, but I think I know what the other one is. And if I'm wrong... I don't know. I don't know what to do, Brian. What What do you think that other one is? I think the other one's the last Starfighter. Um, and the only reason I know that is because I've seen that <laughs> a lot. I'll, I'll t- do, you, do you know what? I'm going to get rid of the one I know. I think I'm going to get rid of the last Starfighter. 
Right, well it's not the one you know, so I'll tell you that much. It was, you've just got rid of it though, so you can't have it back. Right, okay, what did I get rid of? You got rid of Kingsman, the Secret Service. Oh, I like that one as well. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you'd go for that one, to be honest. Um, I, I was actually hoping for either that one or Dread, just because I fancied watching them again. Um, <laughs> but hey-ho. Uh, yeah, which leaves you with number two. One man will go from rags to riches if he can just say the right thing. Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, I was looking for a reason to rewatch that. It's been yeah. so long. Um, excellent. I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay. I'm happy. I was a bit, a bit worried. Yeah, yeah. To be fair. Um, I would have been very happy with Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I love that movie. Yeah. But I think there's a little bit more things to talk about, possibly, in Slumdog Marina. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Now, we'll get to it when we get to it, um, as to whether it is or not. But when it came out, a lot of people hailed it as a feel-good film. Uh-huh. Uh, like I say, we'll get to it when we get to it. So, it, because of that... Um, next week's not next week's next month's uh, top five is going to be top five feel good movies okay okay so you mm-hmm. need, to, need to think of your top five feel good movies um, I'll get my thinking cap on for that one alright okay uh, but yeah there you go <laughs> mm-hmm. excellent and uh, I've got a rough idea what I'm going to do for my top five movies to choose from next month. Okay. I think I'm going to have a theme, Brian. All right. I'm going to change up. I'm going to have a theme. And I'll tell you what the theme is right now if you want. Because uh, I've been thinking about this. No, go on. We'll, we'll, we'll save it for the show next 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 time, just for okay. for listeners. You know, mm-hmm. Keep them in suspense. They will indeed. You can tell me yeah. once we've stopped recording. <laughs> and... Uh, I'll I'll mix up the synopsis uh, a little bit and see if I can pick something a little bit wild and wacky for us. Eh? Okay. So, uh, as you said, please go to uh, iTunes and rate uh, and review us, pretty please. Sugar on top, a little cherry as well. And, of course, as always, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact of our YouTube channels. Now, mm. Brian, what y- do you have going on in Brian Lomack's Movie Talk? Yeah, please head on over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk um, because on the day that this particular podcast goes live, which I believe will be, well, it may not be the day, but it's uh, around the day, 1st first, first of June, um, I've got a video going up which is all about uh, movies that star little monsters from the 1980s. It's all about horror movies in the 1980s. Uh, now it has already gone up on, because it was part of a, a thing that was done on uh, Will I Like It Reviews channel, but I'm, I'm putting it up on my own channel. So if you want to go there and check it out, please do. Um, I've also just done a Alien Covenant review in which I explained what, what I thought the movie was really all about. Well, over on my channel, Man vs. Film, uh, there is daily content, but as this will go out, I think it's going to go out in the 4th, Brian. Um, at the start of every month, I bring out my top 10 lists of movies on Netflix and Amazon Prime for both UK and US. So if you're looking for some suggestions of movies to watch, I can point you over to those 
check them out and see if you find a movie that you like. And if you do, why not drop a little comment or a like on my video and let me know what you watched and what you thought about it. We'd really appreciate that. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next month on Brits on Flix. I think this is like a, a bona fide Skyfi classic. It's, it's one of these movies that, for me, it will forever be a five out of five. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, did, did you just say Skyfi? <laughs> I did, I did. I was just going to edit it later on. <laughs> um, just try to roll by it there, Brian. Yeah. I, I, got, I could not let that go by. I could not let that pass. I had to call it out. <laughs> It's okay, I'm editing it anyway, so like I said...